FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 150 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason. This planet's atmosphere must be Joker gas venable. And I'm joined by a special guest, Georgie Shiny Metal Jazz Hands V. Yes! <laughs> Best nickname ever. How's it going, Georgie? It's good. It's it's good. warm in LA. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so so fans of the show and or fans of some other shows that we're all fans of may remember that uh Georgie used to be the man in Japan, but now he is uh, relocated back to the uh, Continental 48. <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> out in L.A., so that's a, been a fairly big transition for you, huh? Yeah, it totally has. Uh, I, you know, I've been working so much that I haven't really got to explore as, as, as much as I should be, but people are different. The weather is like constantly like 78 degrees with like no humidity. Right. It's 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 gorgeous. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, so we're gonna do a flashback episode on the uh, the the introduction to Wolverine of the uh, Mojo verse and uh, X babies and and all that stuff. So that'll be fun, but. Before we get to the actual comic, we do have some uh, podcast business we need to take care of. Um, take care of business. Yeah, taking care of business <laughs> every day. Um, so you did not miss here. This is uh, episode 150, and some of you may be expecting something a little different from 150. Um, I've kind of been hyping up or talking about, you know, every 50 episodes I try to do one of the movies, and... Um, it just didn't really happen this time. Um, a, I have a, a pregnant wife who has a lot of trouble staying up past 9 o'clock anymore. And we've also had some other uh, family issues going on, and we just haven't had time to sit down and, and do a commentary track on the movie. But I'm hoping to do that soon. Maybe we'll do like 160-ish, somewhere in there. But, you know, I think having Georgie back on is enough of a celebration to constitute Especially, I was going to say, yeah. I'm the reward to all the listeners That's for right. Hey. <laughs> yes. So, um, another thing I want to want to talk about. Um, I got some really cool art in the mail uh, from one of our friends on Twitter, at Really Famous. That's at uh, R3Ally Famous, which is really with a three for the E. But, um. Yes, it was really, really great, and she's a great friend on Twitter, and I was super appreciative of it. It was some uh, Halloween-themed Wolverine art, and it was fantastic, and I cannot wait to uh, put it up for our annual Halloween party here at the house. And just wanted to say thank you very much, and everybody else should go um, follow her on Twitter and uh, buy some of her art, help support the art. For sure. She is amazing. She has a very unique... Uh, sort of painterly, bright colored, smooth style that I really like as well. Yeah, yeah, I really dig it. So it's been a lot of fun chatting with her and just making new friends. And, and uh, I really enjoyed the art. So thank you very much. And everybody else, check it out. And if you're listening, I'm still waiting for the Jubilee art. So it's been like months now. So yeah, we I'm may... calling you out. A bit. 
Yeah, we may both need a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for what you gave. Now I'm going to be demanding. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. You give me an inch, I take a mile. <laughs> exactly. Such a jerk. Um, <laughs> but anyway, another thing to talk about real fast, and hopefully this won't bore Georgie too much, but um, we do have a couple of flashback things I wanted to catch up on before we jump in here. One, I just want, you know, it's easy to admit when you're right, but I have to do something where I have to admit that I was wrong. Um, Uh-oh. I talked very briefly about an issue I didn't have. <laughs> it was the uh, the Emperor Doom graphic novel. And, of course, I was not able to ever find that in a half-price books or at a garage sale. And so I, I wasn't going to pay for it for real. And so I never got it. And I assumed that um, the Wolverine appearance would be a, a Secret Wars flashback, just kind of catching up on Doom's story at the time. And uh, I asked any listeners to correct me if I was wrong, and I got some corrections. So basically that story was apparently a really terrible story about how Dr. Doom uses the Purple Man to take over the world and make this Doomphoria, basically where everyone follows and worships Doom. And uh, Wonder Man is somehow exempt from this. And so it's basically a, a Dr. Doom Wonder Man story. And at the end, of course, the hero wins. He's able to defeat the Purple Man and break Doctor Doom's control. And uh, our Wolverine panel is a big panel of, like, this purple crystal, like, exploding. And in the shards, you see all the people that were under Doom's control previously. And we have a little Wolverine head in one of the shards, and that's it. (laughs) So... I'm still not going to read it. Uh, the way it was explained to me sounds terrible, and I will take a pass, but I did want to admit that it was not a Secret Wars flashback. But, that said, we do have a Secret Wars flashback in Fantastic Four number 288 that I missed. This is a Secret Wars 2 tie-in, so it's therefore terrible. Um, let's see. This is... Uh the credits is bad boy go. This is uh, written and penciled by John Byrne. Uh, Joe Sinnott does the letters. Glennis, I'm sorry, no. Joe Sinnott does the inks. Glennis Oliver does the colors. And John Workman did the letters. And it, it does have a really cool cover by Byrne. With Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four facing off against a white naked Beyonder. And um, I don't know if y'all remember. If you haven't listened to the uh, original first Secret Wars uh, two-parter we did with the guys from the Inner Comics podcast. You should go listen to it. But one of the things we talked about is that I was really surprised reading the original series that the Beyonder was just like this nondescript entity. Because I always remembered him being like this white like guy in the jacket. And so this cover <laughs> is kind of like what my memory was of the Beyonder all, the, all along. And so... It's a pretty cool cover, but it's a terrible issue where basically they say that the, the, the Doctor Doom in the original Secret Wars was from a different timeline. He was from the future because at that point, I guess when the original Secret Wars came out, Doctor Doom was dead. And so the Beyonder pulled him from the future based on their memories of him. And now they're like, in the, it's like this little side time loop that's like stuck on repeat. And it's 
it's a terrible issue. Um, it's John Byrne, so it looks really nice, but it's not worth reading. Um, so I would give that a one out of six claws. That's Fantastic Four, 288. And the only reason I even ran across it is because after I covered the return of Jean Grey, I was like, you know what? I, I need to fix one of my holes in my comic reading, and I need to read the uh, the John Byrne Fantastic Four run because a lot of people really like it. And I got to say, for the most part, it was pretty enjoyable. But I'm coming up on the end of it now, and I stumbled across the Wolverine panel here, and so I thought I'd throw it in. But uh, not a whole lot to say about it. The, the the run in general has been pretty good. This was not a good issue. <laughs> so, that said... And the reason Georgie's here in the main event, we're going to talk about X-Men Annual number 10. Sure are. Yep. So this annual is called Performance. And it's <laughs> written... <laughs> it should be called Performance Issues. But... Exactly. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's written by Chris Claremont. What's that? How the X-Men got their mojo back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, mojo pun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's written by Chris Claremont, art by Arthur Adams, inked by Terry Austin, uh, colors by Petrus Gotees, and letters by Tom Orszakowski. And on the cover, it is by Art Adams. And what's on the cover, Georgie? Well, we've got our ex-babies in the background, all you know, looking shocked uh, with uh, <laughs> Some kind of portal opening up underneath them and the new mutants in their graduation costumes busting through. <laughs> yes, and it's kind of like a hole in the cover. Kind of reminiscent of like giant size X-Men number yeah. one. Yeah. And then in the bottom right corner, we have one of those kind of uh, cutout captions with one of the worst captions I've ever heard. Introducing the newest X-Men, Longshot. Yeah. Yay. It's hard to remember. It's hard to believe that that hairstyle was once like popular. <laughs> you know, I'm not entirely sure it ever really was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess it was. I think the guys from Winger probably sported that at some point. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I th- this will be a challenging issue because we're talking about a lot of things I'm generally not a fan of. But um. I will see how it goes. But what do you think of, of the cover? Um, it's not bad. I see a couple sort of visual proportion issues. Yes. Um, especially with, uh, oh boy, Warlock's costume. <laughs> the Superman Warlock? Yeah. like I, I really like his upper body, but the lower half seems to be sort of disproportionate. and Especially his right leg. I don't like the way it's drawn behind him. It looks like it just sort of... He's got like a, he's been amputated or something. It just doesn't yes. look right to me. Well, and it looks so far back. Like he's yeah. taking like, like his stride is like a mile long. Yeah, his left <laughs> leg's got to be way far ahead of, of the rest of his body. Yes. I will say my favorite part about the cover is a Sunspot's pink bandana. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they all have like these pink, like eye masks. Yeah. Yeah, that part wasn't bad. Um, what do you think of uh, the ex-babies in the background uh, all in blue? That was kind of a nice touch, I guess. Um, I was kind of surprised. Uh, like, Colossus actually looks like a baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kitty just kind of looks 
uh, squished a little bit. She doesn't necessarily look that different. I agree. Um, Storm, for for babifying her, has like the bushiest mohawk I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Like that that gives adult Storm a run for the money. <laughs> what do you think about Wolvie? Uh, I mean, it's fine. Uh, not not to to blow my wound right now, but uh, <laughs> it's really hard to. And maybe it's just maybe you shouldn't maybe I shouldn't be this way. But it's really hard for me now that we have Scotty Young. Oh yeah. Until I until I look at this and go, oh yeah, that's great because it's it is kind of like shrunken down and babyfied, but it's completely devoid of like all the charm and personality that Scotty Young does in his little versions. Oh, for sure. Like it's just kind of oh you know we we shrunk the proportions and and gave them baby faces and made them baby talk and hey ex babies that's all you need. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that stood out to me was that everyone except for, for Storm has, like, the blank eyes. Right, yeah. I don't know why she got pupils. Mm. I guess because she's the leader. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, then. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, why don't, you, uh, why don't you kick us off and we'll just kind of... Uh, We'll, we'll just run amok on this thing. No particular uh, order. So you just kind of start us off and we'll see where it goes. Okay, so before I, I get into the issue, actually, um, there's something I want to bring up. Okay. I'm, I'm using um, Marvel Unlimited to oh, yes. go through things. And i got to say, there's a lot of issues I'm having. I just signed up for this today, honestly. Oh, wow. And so I was excited because they say, you know, 15,000 comics or something like this. But... There are like major holes and a lot of runs. Um, some of the stuff is is labeled incorrectly. Like this isn't labeled under Uncanny X Men. It's labeled under X Men. Uh, right. Because so, for whatever reason they didn't switch the title on the annuals to later. Yeah. So I had I had such a problem finding this. <laughs> the UI is pretty rough. And when I say UI, that's a video game term for uh, user interface. Right. And. Um, when I'm using this on the computer right now, there's actually like a, a little bar at the top and bottom that covers parts of the comic book. No way. Yeah. So you've got to like click all like sort of like off screenish to like get that to disappear and then click back on and make the menu pop up so that you can go to the next uh, like panel. It's, it's, it's kind of a mess. Oh, so there's not like set key functions to like just change pages or scroll well, or anything? I mean, you, you, I mean there, you can use the arrows, but... Oh, okay. None of that is really explained. It's uh, it's just kind of messy. You'd think they would, I don't know, maybe they just have, a, this isn't a priority for the, the Marvel people, but it needs an overhaul in right. terms of the UI. You would and, think that it would be a priority, though. I feel like this is a really good opportunity for them. Yeah, yeah. And I don't understand, I mean, I, I have ideas, but why there are major holes in, in runs. Like I was looking through X Factor, and it goes from like two thirty something to all of a sudden you're like three eighty, and then there's a run, and then it skips to like five hundred, and <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. I guess those issues are just in less demand, or I don't know. Maybe they're like, oh, we know these are crap. You just leave them off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a priority list, but right. Also, I, I'm, I'm wondering if they don't even have the original art. If that's what's 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 the issue. That could be. You know, I, in fact, I was going to ask you because 
I do have uh, for for Spider Man and X Men. I also have uh, the um, and what's it called? The old CD ROMs that they put out. Oh for, like, yeah. The first forty years of both of those. Yeah. And those are literally like they just took someone's issues and scanned them in. So is that what is this look like issue scans or does it look like they actually like went oh, back to the source art? So there there are other issues because not not all of the pages is necessarily scanned in. Okay. Like the first page of this book, the very left side is like slightly cut off. So I'm not sure how these are getting in. Uh, they look clean, so I don't think they just scan someone's pages. Okay. But the, uh, I don't know how they they formatted this or, or what the issue is, but yeah, the the left side here is definitely cut off. It's this part of the the words are even slightly cut off as well. So oh, it's bummer. it's problematic. Yeah, that is problematic. Well, you'll have to uh, you'll have to give us another update once you've uh, used it a little more. Mm. Uh, it's something I've kind of flirted with trying out. Yeah, I haven't There's haven't some stuff jumped I in to catch yet. Up on, and like you can get uh, a year's worth of uh, subscription for like seventy dollars. Okay. So I just I just did the 70 instead of paying like $10 a month. Oh, right, right. Gotcha. Mm. Cool. Well, yeah, you'll definitely have to let me know how it goes. Will do. All right, so starting off with the issue, um, we've got the X-Men training against Magneto, who is leading the X-Men at this point in time. I'm not really clear on, on when or why that uh, change took place, but uh, he's leading in... Maybe the worst Magneto costume I've ever seen. No, no, it's not. It's the second <laughs> worst. <laughs> it's not as bad as the one with the M on the chest and with no sleeves. That's oh, that's, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that now. Yeah, yeah. And so, what Magneto is right now? He's actually not the leader of the X Men per se. Mm-hmm. He is the headmaster of the school. There you go. And that happened when uh, after Lilandra. Well, after the trial of Magneto, at the very end of that, Charles Xavier was having all these problems, and he needed to go off to, like, a space hospital or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, Lilandra came and got him, and uh, part of Professor X's, like, air quote, dying wish, because he wasn't really dying, but um, anyway, was that he asked Magneto to, like, take care of the new mutants and uh, take care of the school if he was really interested in turning over a new leaf, that that was the way to do it. And so, so Magneto has stepped into a leadership role for the students. Um, gotcha. The X-Men are more or less, or at least the Uncanny team, uh, Storm's the leader, and they're yeah. kind of, like they, they base out of the school, but they're they're a little more separate from the school than what, what we're used to in the past, and so that's kind oh. of how that all breaks down. Gotcha. But yes, this costume's terrible. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like loose-fitting, purple... I don't know, material. Then it just sort of like gets tucked into his gloves and tucked into his boots. <laughs> Space gloves, yeah. Yeah. They've got like these weird, they almost look like buttons on them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, they're like unnecessary Velcro straps. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cape is looking nice, I will say that. Nice big red cape flowing. But, uh, yeah, I other... feel like, so I feel like because his original uniform was the purple with, like, the red trim. So so it's the same color scheme, and I felt like whoever designed this was like, well, we need both colors. I want to make the, the costume simpler, so I'll just, oh, I'll do purple on the body and red on the cape. That'll look great. 
And I'm just not sure that it does. I think it, it could look great if it wasn't such like a baggy, like loose flowing fabric that he's wearing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's very Buck Rogers. Right, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, back to the story. Um, the X-Men are sort of training against Magneto. He's sort of challenged them all. And he's really holding their own, which is kind of amazing because they all have some pretty, you know, unique powers that I don't know how magnetism is, is able to. Uh, this is just uh, a nitpicking at this point. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first page, you've got um, Colossus doing a, uh, a fastball special. And, yeah. Which is awesome. Wolverine is in, uh, I think, a costume that I prefer. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's the brown and, and orange or brown and yellow costume. Yeah, consistent, inconsistently yellow or orange, but always brown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, you know they're all they're all sort of going after Magneto. Yeah, my favorite kind of touch on that page is because they use this almost like faux Kirby crackle for Magneto's magnetic powers. Yeah. So you see him making the cage around Nightcrawler, then you see his power also affecting Wolverine. Which, you know, with the adamantium skeleton is a, a perfect little kind of caveat there that Magneto can just kind of, even though Colossus does the amazing fastball special, Magneto can just kind of freeze him in the air. So I thought that was a really cool little touch. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's great. Uh, of course, Magneto's on his super hydraulic platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, the, the uh, danger room is, is very, you know, the like every writer has their own not writer but just like every other issue there's a different mechanic it's very yes. pliable as a concept <laughs> definitely so and then on page two though we have uh, <laughs> so, so nightcrawler teleports out but somehow with magic magnets mm-hmm. uh, nightcrawler and wolverine are not able to teleport back into the danger room don't really know how that works but um anyway Kenny, i don't understand it either yeah <laughs> So Kenny phases up to the platform and Magneto just jumps off of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. How does he know that she's coming also? I guess she saw the hand coming through the floor. Oh, man. Like, oh, Kenny hand. Let's go. And so he jumps off. His cape grows and then it shrinks back when he lands. It's very um, bad man that way, yeah. yeah. And then one of my favorite panels is we have this like, woo Colossus, where he's like <laughs> sneaking up on Magneto. And he's, <laughs> And that's where your name came from. He's got, like, sparkly jazz hands. Oh, he totally does. <laughs> and then Rogue looks like she's doing her Frankenstein impersonation. Yeah, I uh, do not like that Rogue costume. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So it's basically um, it's a black skin suit with a green belt and a green tank top and green boots. Uh-huh. And that's what it is. Um and then sometimes she has gloves, sometimes she doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I think what, what we're skipping over might be the highlight of the page, which is the storm uh, acrobatic panel right through the middle. Yes, that is probably, comedy aside, the best panel. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, you see this cool thing where, you see, where they do like the ghost of someone to show their motion. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what she log rolling. I don't know what she's doing there, but... um. But she's jumping through these uh, these cylinders, and it's a pretty cool panel. All right, so um, Colossus and 
Rogue are this close to punching Magneto's head off, and he's able to uh, use his magnetic powers to bring the floor up to block their... It's almost like create like a wave of metal in between Colossus and Rogue's punch and Magneto's face. The part I found curious about that is that he's getting metal from somewhere else because he's not pulling the floor up like in front of him. No. Because... In theory, when he pulled the floor up, like Rogue, or when well, Rogue's flying, but Colossus would like fall through some hole in the ground. Yeah. But the floor beyond the little shield that he made is still completely solid. So, I guess it's just this this fluid floor metal that he can just pull from somewhere. Yeah, it's the danger room, you know. There's just <laughs> what I really like about that panel as well is is the way that Colossus is sticking his ass out very. Oh yeah, I know. In the punch, yeah. That's a sexy punch. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's making a pose. He is. And then, <laughs> then so Magneto ends it with a verbal joust. He says, "A most unsatisfactory performance, X Men." Which you know, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, how old is he supposed to be? Um, about the same age as Professor X. So, I mean, Marvel has still kind of, we're in the late 80s or 86, and Magneto was a kid in the 40s, so we'll say he's at least in his 50s, at least. At, at this point, has he gone through the baby of fine? Oh, yes, be... yes, yes. So, in okay. theory, he should be younger looking, but Art Adams draws him yeah, very Yeah, that was old. my point. Yeah. And he's got really, really old man eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. You know, like super arched and super bushy. When you look at his eyebrows, you have to think that Quicksilver is his son because they have those <laughs> eyebrows. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then we uh, we draw the new mutants into the story. Um they're up in the control booth with uh, Psylocke, who has just kind of joined the team. There's some reference to some new mutant manual I've never read. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so that, but that was, to be fair, that was so Psylocke's introduction into our main Marvel Universe was in that annual. So before that, she had only been in the British comics oh. with the Captain Britain stuff. So that was her American debut. And then she had a couple of issues where she was in for the Mutant Massacre. And mm. then now she's showing up here. So, so yeah. quick, solid question. At this point, is she in, like, has she switched bodies? No, 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 no. Okay. Now, now come uh, uh, late 80s, I think. It's like two, it's after 250. So, and we just did... The Mutant Massacre was a, what was it, two, shit, um, 212, so we're still a few years off. Okay. I asked because she's got purple hair in this as well, so. Right. No, she always had purple hair. Okay. Yeah. That didn't change with the transformation. If anything, it got darker, because this is very, like, light purple, like, 80s, punky. She almost looks like uh, she could be in the band Jim. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she's got purple hair and a pink blouse, and, and she's just, she is princess to the max. 
<laughs> so we have uh, the New Mutants kind of pouting about how they're they're not ready to be real X Men, and Psylocke's trying to figure out, well, where do I fit in? You know, oh. I came here with the New Mutants, but I feel more like an X Men. You know, I'm, I'm I'm too old to be a baby. Um, so uh-huh. yeah, whatever. And then we find out. So I guess also on that annual, she got like magic mojo eyes. Yeah, I was. I didn't know what that was about either. I think I remember that playing into effect with the whole Quanon story later, but I'd forgotten that it was okay. this early. But yeah, so she has them, I guess, from the get-go, and that's the way that people in the Mojoverse are watching TV through her eyes. So if you ever say, man, I wish I could see that through someone's eyes, well, that's what this whole arena is doing. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting concept, I think. Um uh, interesting idea, for sure. Yes. However, if only it wasn't Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. This is the first Mojo book I've ever read, and my introduction was through the animated TV series, where he's much more of like a, a doofus. Right, yes. He's very Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, he's like a, a suit at a network TV show instead of like this all-powerful like being in, in the comics. Right. Which I think I like better, honestly. The, the, the cartoon or this one? Yeah, yeah, cartoon. Cool. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. It's a little more... I think Claremont's intention the whole time was I was obviously satire. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it plays a little more smartly in the TV show, whereas this is just so... I don't know, the satire almost gets lost in just how stupid it is. For sure. Well, <laughs> I said that. What, I mean, what are your opinions of, of Mojo? here or or just in general well you know, like i said this is my first time reading him so i was i was expecting something more sort of uh, like campy and, and comedic but he's got this like really evil grin and the technology really reminds me of uh like the stuff coming off his head uh, looks very uh, warlock or phalanx yes and there's even another reference later in the comic that, that mm-hmm. there might be some of that technology in the Mojoverse, which, oh, you know what it is? It's when they talk about the the, the ectoplasm has yeah. like hints of techno-organic stuff. And so, because they ask, like, was this your dad, Warlock, your evil dad? Um, he's like, no, I don't think so. Or self-same <laughs> thinks not that this was self-same dad, whatever, <laughs> stupid I hate. Nothing drives me crazier than the bad, like, robot talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, drives me nuts. But, but anyway, yeah, Mojo definitely looks menacing. Um, yes. Of course, he's got the giant Joker smile that, that's it's like a cross between, like, the Joker and Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say I think this is probably very Clockwork Orange-inspired. The idea that all these people are like forced to consume, mm-hmm. and kind of that's how they're subdued as a civilization, is is through the programming and the consumption. They're just they're they're entertained into apathy and stuff like that. Which, like you said, it's a good concept. I just feel like there's a lot better ways that that's been done before mm-hmm. and after, and this just doesn't really stand up against those other iterations. I agree, but it also does give um, Adams uh, a chance to do some very interesting art here. Yeah, no, the art's fine, yeah. 
and the coloring I like too. Mm-hmm. The the pink and purple of of Mojo's shadows really, I mean, he's definitely creepy looking. For sure, there's there's the panel on this page. There's only two panels, but the panel up above, there's a guy in the foreground on the right side with like this really evil grin. Yeah, <laughs> and just the way the purple is shining on his face is, is it looks. I, I like I like that it's very pretty. Yes, yeah, I like it too. And you have the nice contrast. I actually would. I think. It's obvious the, the, the on-screen that we see of the X-Men is, is obvious. It looks like a, an Art Adams pinup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think, because I really like the contrast of the bright colors that you see on the screen versus kind yeah. of the muted atmosphere of the Mojoverse. I think it could have popped even a little bit more had there been color in the background mm-hmm. and not just those the stark white. I think they really could have made that like, literally, like you know, you talk about things jumping off the screen. I think if they would have made that jump off the page a little better, it would have really added to the fact that this is really in contrast to what is in this world. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I agree. Yep. So then we find out that Mojo's on this like giant fat boy pedestal, and you know, just a just a little hint at some of his dialogue. He says stuff like, um, "When is your sense of aesthetic under?" Hunger, wonder, glory, have you no soul, budgeteer? Of course, of course, I am an artiste, my ever-twisted, twisted spiral, to make any reality's dream cost as no object. And I don't know, just his dialogue is a little too much for me. I agree. I I got, I was like, okay. I got to this, I think it was this page, I thought, all right, this is going to be, this is going to be a chore. <laughs> right. This this feels a lot more like homework now. Yeah. <laughs> Jason did it to me again. <laughs> Stupid X-Men 92 and now this crap. Let's, hey, this is way better than X-Men 92. Let's not bring that up. <laughs> yeah. But, again, the art looks cool. You have those bottom two panels of Mojo where he's just oh, yeah. like completely maniacal. Like with the laughter and then the the shadow with just his big smile, like it, it looks cool and I just agree. is hard to read. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So then we we get this giant light explosion and long shot falls out of the sky, and um, we have a really weird <laughs> uh, involuntary snicked. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, he should probably get some medicine for that. Um. Why does this happen? Like the portal opens and then his claws just activate? I don't get that. Right, and Colossus reverts back to human form involuntarily. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, there's a line about exploding balls. I thought that was funny. And then <laughs> literally long shot falls to the ground covered in goo from said exploding balls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so I have a couple comments. First off, Colossus says "bosh moi," but wait, isn't that like a, something that uh, Black Widow says more? Well, I think they both did at this point because they're both. It's a Russian expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I think he said it quite a bit. Um, okay, but the, but this is the first time he's ever said it while there was a portal opening up. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> first, it's first. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so we have the Mojo verse Spooge all over everybody. Doesn't Longshot take a wicked fall to the ground? Oh, he broke his neck straight up. Yeah. Yeah. He lands on the side of his head. Yeah. 
for a guy whose power is a luck. And do we even get that in this issue? No. Okay, I didn't think so. But yeah, no, he takes a very unlucky landing where he literally lands on his face, but his body's up in the air still, and his head is kicked back, his mullet is flowing, and uh, but yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he's dead. <laughs> and then everybody's wiping all this goo off of him. Uh, Rogue particularly looks like, um, yeah. Um, like she was in some kind of terrible porn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's gross. And the way Art Adams draws her hair doesn't make it better because I know no. it's just her white streak, but it looks the same as all the stuff on her suit. Yeah. And so it's just, it's interesting. And then everybody's like, ooh, long shot. He's sexy. Yeah. All of a sudden the girls are just falling all over him. <laughs> right. Which later we'll find out may have something to do with all this goo. It was just a weird, like, Especially because the first panel where they say that, there's nothing particularly sexy about that panel. I mean, it looks like just a dude with blonde hair. But um, yeah, I don't know why they're like he's he. They fall in love with the face, and it looks very bland to me, to be honest. Right. So, but they decide, you know, they gotta get him to the sick bay. They gotta decontaminate <laughs> all the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> and the danger room from the interdimensional um, junk. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> they should have gone with a different color is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, green would have been much more like appropriate for I this. I guess they were worried about Slimer. Like they didn't want to be. Uh, I guess so. It just looks weird. It looks, it almost looks like to, to take it away from a, like a gross, uh, like perverted aspect. It almost looks like they forgot to color it in. Yeah, it kind of does, because it's so white. Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost negative spacing. But the glue just, or the glue, the goo just disappears on its own by, yeah. you know, magic. It goes away. It's gone. So the Wolverine takes off his cow. He's like, something's bothering Cyclops, or uh, not Cyclops, Psylocke. And, um, but, you know, they all go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, well, this dialogue so they go to sleep and they wake up and it, it's Storm in like this giant uh, I don't know whose room she's in well it's I her don't, room in the attic it's her is attic, it's her room in the attic? okay because yeah. I felt like it was like a penthouse suite or something like it's, it's <laughs> monstrously huge right she's got this like double king size bed that she's like <laughs> And of course, in the eighties, we all know how much Storm loves being naked. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this dialogue? I I wasn't sure it quite matched her here. Well, and I don't I don't think it's supposed to. Okay. Um, I think we're this. They haven't told us yet, but I think looking back after you get a little bit further, mm-hmm. you realize that this is supposed like this this goo or whatever like affected all the X Men somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and I think. I think the the dialogue, and then I think also the big smile is supposed to be kind of a, a foreshadowing. Because mm-hmm. she has, it after she puts on some clothes, she has this really big, like, Joker smile. Um, and she's like, hi, you plants. Yeah. <laughs> loveliest of mornings to you, prettiest of pretties. Like, she's like the Wicked Witch of the West or something. Oh, uh, man, that hi, you plants really got me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. Um, even knowing what I think Claremont's going for, it's still bad. I agree. Um, 
<sighs> yeah, but then someone screams. Yeah, it's Ileana, and then she says, X-Men, mutants, everyone. <laughs> I don't know why you have to say it that way. That's so weird. <laughs> so what X-Men aren't mutants? Besides, I mean, Storm lost their powers, right? Yeah, okay, all right. And I guess Warlock is technically an alien. Yeah, but I think if you scream at X-Men or mutants or even everyone, like, you don't, I don't know. Like, if I'm in, in, in a disaster, I'm like, policemen, firemen, uh, ambulance, it's everyone. It's... All rescue workers, anyone with EMT training, gather quickly. <laughs> you, you, you know CPR? Get in here. <laughs> yeah. However, the lighting on her face is, is great. Like, the shock. Yeah, of... no. She looks too old, but she does look scared. Mm-hmm. But then everyone, uh, if by everyone you mean just the new mutants, yes. run into the room. And um, I won't lie, I honestly wasn't sure what was going on at first. Me too. Um, you do kind of realize that, that what's supposed to be the, the problem is that Kitty is too young. Mm-hmm. And that she's de-aged in her bed and, and Lockheed is growling. I, I love the way Lockheed looks there. Oh, yeah. He's got a nice little growl, and just, you know, I mean. Though I still think the idea, uh, especially after some of the previous annuals we've covered, not sure how I feel about Lockheed being in Kitty's bed, but um, <laughs> there was some awkward, like, interaction between them and a couple of annuals ago, and uh, Boy. it's hard to, hard to get past. But Storm in her barely robe comes charging in, <laughs> you know, hanging out with the kids, about to pop out of that robe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. I, so everyone's been de-aged and you can kind of see it, see it in the final panel. But what surprised me more than anything was to see this is what um, Cannonball used to look like. I forgot he had those giant, like, stick-out ears with the buzz haircut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Opie. He always looked like it's just a really thin, gaunt Opie. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And he's, like, really tall here, but I swear, like, later on when he grows up, he's not, like, this tall. No, I don't I don't think so either. And, um, so is that Magneto in the middle? Yeah. Yes. Why is his neck so long? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. He looks like a gray-haired jughead with no hat. It's, I, I love the look of him. It looks like, like... 80s like uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. like 80s Magneto's about to go out in the town. It oh yeah, like yeah, he's great. about to go dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got this bright green suit with like the purple shirt collar sticking out underneath. Right. And he's got almost like a little smirk, like, "Hey, ladies, it's time to get down with Magneto." Right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got my new American Express card, ladies. <laughs> and I got this giant phone I can talk on away from my house. <laughs> Let me show you my VCR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and so I, I admittedly, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. They admittedly, I've talked about before, I'm not the biggest New Mutants fan and I haven't read a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But are there other times where Warlock has like just a, a regular boy's haircut? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> that took me by surprise. I'm used to the, uh, 
the only warlock I really knew back then was just looking at some of the pretty Sienkiewicz art. Mm-hmm. Where it's all like wild and crazy, and and Adams does a decent job of of aping some of that. I agree. But uh, th- this panel, he just looks like, hey, you know, he looks like um, Ricky Schroeder. Is that his name from uh, Silver Spoon or what was that show called? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, and I just noticed because he's got like some connection with a uh, cipher, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they have the same haircut. And they're doing the same thing with their hands, if you look. Oh, yeah. So I don't know what... Yeah. He's, like, mimicking him, I think. Yeah, okay. I didn't catch that. Good catch. Yeah, I just saw it now. The Nightcrawler caught it. He's all, like, puzzled. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, what are these kids doing? (laughs) So what do you think of the little Wolverine here? The littler Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah, he did shrink a little bit, huh? Um, yeah, he's got his Hulk pants on, his purple jeans. Oh yeah. Um, he's still he's still hairy, so he hasn't hasn't shrunk too far yet. And honestly, it's hard to tell because he's so short anyway. Is like, yeah. Well, is this just Art Adams having a little fun with the perspective, or is he shrinking too? Like, it was really unclear on this page what the problem was. For sure. For sure. But we find out with a nice grid. <laughs> oh yeah, that the X Men are indeed shrinking and de aging. I love, I love that Wolverine smokes whether there's kids around or not. <laughs> but apparently, the younger the X ladies get, the hotter Longshot gets. Yeah, right. Which is just proof that teenage girls are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just kidding, all my teenage girl listeners. We love uh, Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm positive. It's my biggest demographic. Um. <laughs> but even with, with, like with Storm, it's still difficult to tell that she's being de-aged. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like it at all. Rogue, maybe barely. I mean, she looks like an older teenager. Yeah, I can see that. And that and Rogue's been really hard to peg anyway. Because in the regular series, people have drawn her so different. Like, John Romita Jr. makes her look like she's at least 40. Mm-hmm. But then other artists make her look younger, and the way she acts, you don't really know. Yeah. And so, I don't think we've really pegged down uh, a valid age for Rogue yet. I agree. So, so that just makes it more difficult <laughs> to know. Now, it's glad to know that, that Colossus's athletic thighs shrink down when he shrinks. <laughs> I, I do need to make a comment about the new mutants because I do really like their costumes, the yellow and black ones. Yeah, yeah, they're nice. Which we can compare to their graduation costumes later on. <laughs> yes, well, um, speaking of which, on this, this page 11, that's one of the panels I was talking about where we get the close-up on Warlock's face. Looks very Sienkiewicz-y. I mean, it's definitely cleaner, which, mm-hmm. art, which Adams is a clean artist most of the time. But just kind of the wackiness and and the line work is a little more off off um a little more helter skelter like Sinkavich mm-hmm. designed him. So I, I appreciated that. I do like the character design as a concept as well of Warlock. Right. It's a lot of fun to look at. Yeah. If if he would just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought, um, sort of to take things on a side note, that Peter David wrote him uh, quite well in the most recent um, X Factor book. Yeah, I didn't um, read much of that, but I heard good things about it. So. Mm-hmm. I may have to, maybe one day. That was one of those, that book was uh, a casualty of my budget. I and could see that. It's There's one that looked interesting, but, and I checked out the first two, and, and I liked it, but when it came down to cutting that or something else, I, I chose that. <laughs> Understandable. It was one of those books that if I could read everything, I would have kept reading. Mm-hmm. But... Well, if you get um, Marvel Unlimited, I assume it's in the, in the app. But oh, yeah. who knows? It could, that run could not even be in there. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So how current is Marvel Unlimited? I believe it's supposed to be uh, six months uh, okay. Up until six months ago, everything should be in there. Oh, is, cool. is the way they explain it. Great. Well, that sounds appealing. Holy crap. Okay. I just noticed on the bottom of page 12 mm-hmm. that I don't think that's a coloring error. I think Nightcrawler's <laughs> eyeballs are going nuts. Okay. I don't have page numbers on this. Oh, <laughs> did they get cut off? Okay. All right. So the page. After uh, Cypher tries to bond with Warlock and he turns all uh, techno-organic and there's like fireworks in the sky. Mm-hmm. And then on the bottom of that page, we have Night- we have Storm with um, magic hair hanging between her eyes and then Nightcrawler uh, burying his fangs. Yeah. Okay. To me, like I thought like there was just a color bleed. But I mm-hmm. think... And maybe if yours was cleaned up, you can tell me whether I'm right or not. But I think what I thought was color bleed are his pupils, like with one eye up and one eye down. Or no. Okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm still not certain. I'm on the right page again. Okay. So. Uh, so on the top, we've got. All right. So first off, we should go back because we didn't explain that uh, Cipher and Warlock decide they're going to investigate things, and they merge together. Yes. They do. <laughs> so that happened. That happened. <laughs> and I, I say that because on the page after they merged, there's a really great panel in the upper left, like zoomed in yes. on Sack's face. Yeah, it does look cool. Um, yeah, it's very, and, and it looks very phalanxy to me. And I'll, I'll keep using that a lot because that was one of the crossovers that uh, really got me into comics. Oh, great. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. It'll be a long time before we get there. Yeah. But but of of people I want to have come on for that, I'll I'll make sure I include you in the list. Awesome. So this is also where we get the comment that hey, does this have anything to do with Warlock's uh, father? Oh, right, right? right. Yeah, with with Magus or Magus or whatever his name is. Yeah. So they're searching things, and then the girls are still fawning over Longshot. Yeah. So the panel next to the girls, we have Nightcrawler. Yeah, and in my I don't see any pupils. His his eyes are completely okay. yellow. Then it is a coloring error in mine where it just bled. But the way it bleeds is it looks like he's completely like cross-eyed and, and there's like a dot. So if you're looking at his face, there's a dot in the top middle of the right eyeball. And there's a dot in the lower left eyeball. So it looks like he's just like... <laughs> I really want to see that though. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it. But he's not and he's not talking, so you're not even sure why they're showing him in the yeah. first place. So I thought maybe they were saying he went crazy, but 
I guess not. But the X-Men continue to shrink. Um, the new mutants run away. <laughs> but Magneto knocks them out with magic magnets. Oh, yeah, because his power can do, like, anything. Yeah, whatever he needs it to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he just leaves them on the floor. Uh, by the way, in their uniforms. want to point that out. Mm-hmm. They're laying on the floor in their uniforms. And then, so, the X-Men, who still look kind of normal, but they're starting to talk weird. Mm-hmm. And then they, they they get in the car, and they get out, and they're tiny so, kids. We gotta mention this, because this is where the, the, they start to, like, bicker a lot. <sighs> it's, it's terrible. You, you read all, yeah, all the little panels, it's, oh no, Kitty had an accident. Right, and like in her pants, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So how young is she... At this point, <laughs> they're turning into ex babies and they're baby talking, oh, well. and it's obnoxious to read, and I hate it. I I agree. My my point being is how like how accidents. I mean, <laughs> they mention it again. That oh, she had another one, and it's like, <laughs> how does that? So with the oldest, she's like two or three. That's what I'm thinking. She's like, like very, like toddler age. But I don't even see her in the panels. Like I can't. I, yeah, and they get out of the car, and, and they look like kids, but they look like I don't know, four or five, six, maybe. Like they shouldn't be. Yeah, they, yeah. they shouldn't still be crapping their pants. <laughs> and I love that the costumes are shrinking along with them. Well, yeah, I guess they're unstable molecules. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> no, I have to admit, I would love seeing like maybe Magneto with like a full size adult cape. Like that would have been cool. Like dragging around, yeah. Right, yeah, and like people stepping on it and stuff. That would have been great. Instead, we get like, <laughs> "Told you it work. Did not. Did so. Ow! Watch out for the trees." <laughs> oh my God! Kitty, not a kid. <laughs> Yeah, she just she's a poop machine. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto says, I think I'll kill you all. The world will thank me for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's saying this is like an eight year old or something. <laughs> right. Well he is psychotic, so I guess it starts at an early age. Um Yeah. So then some of them still have powers and some don't very inconsistently. I guess it's supposed to be those that are still past puberty and those that aren't yet. I guess. Is the so, way I so read since it. Since Magneto is so much older, then maybe he hasn't yeah. aged as much. He I still guess. has the powers. Yeah. So this is basically turning into Adventures of Babysitting, and Magneto is Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, yep, you're right, because okay. the police show up and they got to escape the police. Right, yeah. And they're like, why are you kids driving that car? Magneto makes a, a magic rock out of... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Those aren't rocks. He actually pulls a steam pipe out of the ground. And, uh, yeah, because and we have scalds steam pipes and disfigures the policeman. I, what, what are st- uh, steam pipes? Wouldn't it be like a water pipe? I Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is supposed to be water, and that's just like the haze. But it looks like steam. Oh, no, I agree. I agree with you. I just, it's a steam line ruptured. Right. But if it is steam, this is not a harmless diversion. Like those policemen and no. those horses are going to the hospital for like the rest of their lives. 
Yeah. <laughs> like they're they're going to be burned beyond recognition. But the X-Men gleefully escape all smiles and giggles. Storm yeah. tries to get yep. serious, but it doesn't work. They see, like, the magic of Mojoverse in the distance. Uh, they run yeah. towards it with more bickering. Storm covers up her ears because she can't handle all the noise, I guess. And then we get an actual yeah. pretty cool panel where they've all been wrestling and uh, <laughs> Nightcrawler's tail has been wrapped around Wolverine's face. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and then Little Longshot shows up and um, I don't even know at this point what's going on. They just decided that they're going to go to the Mojoverse. Yeah, yeah, let's go. So Magneto tries to use his powers, but... Um... Oh, wait, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say on that page, uh, Wolverine has a line, uh, MC Tiny Wolvie, where he says, I'll slice them, dice them, chop them, and drop them. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, I can see that in a, in a current-day rap song. Um, which I know that's the <laughs> widest, oldest thing I've ever said. Um, <laughs> a modern day rap song. <laughs> but so they keep getting younger and Magneto cannot slide the metal door anymore. So we get a baby snicked and then we get some uh, problematic dialogue. <laughs> so before we get to the dialogue, what do you think of the panel that actually has him snicked because it's it's like an iconic pose yes actually i think it looks cool um i do too there's not much kitty about it i mean i guess the big grin is kind of childish i guess i think proportionally he looks a little smaller but yeah he doesn't look a lot that that much like a, a child right but it is a really cool panel and i love the panel of magneto like straining like to open the door like he's about to poop his diaper um, yeah yeah but then uh so what wolverine says with the snicked with the baby snicked he says oh. my claws got nothing to do with any stupid powers i'll open the gate oops that's <laughs> stupid is spelled how yeah <laughs> stupid is spelled s-t-o-o-p-i-d because <laughs> he's a kid get it yeah <laughs> And this is one of those retcons that I can't just in adamantium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's no way around this. They're they're saying that at this point his claws had nothing to do with his mutation, and that's why he has them as a baby. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So whatever. But then on the next page, he does very much look like a kid when a storm opens the door from the inside. She had snuck in and picked the lock. Yeah. It's very, you know, characteristic of Storm. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah. So then the X-Men charge towards the light. Don't head toward the light. Uh. <laughs> then I thought there was a funny line where, where Storm says to Nightcrawler, you're an X-Man, stop acting like a beast. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was funny because in the original, like when they assembled the giant-sized team, Nightcrawler was kind of the analog to Beast, mm-hmm. like for the new team. And of course, they're both blue and furry. So I thought that was kind of a funny little, like, not really a jab, but like just a funny little comment. I agree, I agree. 
what I really like about this page is the bottom left panel that has uh, everyone's face like lit up by the portal. Right. Just the lighting effect on that is is really well done. It is pretty cool, and they're all they're all again just grinning from ear to ear, except for Longshot. Yeah. Who's like, oh wait, I think I've been here before. This sucks. <laughs> I just remembered that they say earlier on when they catch him that he's got like three fingers or something. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why. He just does. Okay. But that is that is true to him in the future okay. as well. Right, that does last. So he's weird anatomically. So what do you think about this kitty Wolverine where he's got the big grin on? What do you think about this? Um... It's okay. Oh, really, I love this little, like, I really feel like it's a little kid in the Wolverine costume in, in this. <laughs> well, if you put it in, like, about to go trick-or-treating yeah. perspective, then yes, I can get behind that. I like that he still has little arm hairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, he came out of the womb all hairy. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like the contrast of, like, Kind of this bright-eyed optimism and then running to the light and then the completely in-shadow, evil-looking mojo face. Yeah, it's another example of like just great use of the concept art-wise for mojo. Yes, I agree. But then he's he's all creepy uncle where he's like, of course, little Windrider, that's why I'm here, to play with you. Come sit on mojo's lap. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... So we're going to leave that alone. Um, yes. <laughs> so then we have an interesting thing where um, okay. Lockheed wakes up the new mutants uh-huh. at the crack of dawn. And uh, Moonstar gets up first and there's someone knocking at the door. Uh-huh. And it's the cops. And they're like, hey, you know, the, the NYC officers called and um, there was a car registered to the school and a bunch of kids were driving it. And um, you look kind of you look kind of messed up. You okay? And she's like, "Yeah, everything's fine. We're just sick." And the cops are like, "All right, see you later." Yeah, <laughs> but that was really quick for the cops to take off. Right, like kids were seen driving a car. Yeah, you're not I'm just gonna. To this address. Can I talk to your parents? No, they're not home. Okay, <laughs> right. talk to you later then. You look terrible, like you're on drugs, and this whole thing is crooked. But hey, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> then they get this weird thing about how it took so long to get to the danger room because they had to all freshen up and change clothes. But they're all wearing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't... It's, it's... Yep, that happened. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but... <laughs> Then we go to the magic wardrobe. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get there, how okay. many different uh, like versions of the same costume do you think they have? Like how many pairs are hanging up in their closet? Well, I'm going to guess they have at least as many as Colossus has pajamas. Okay. Because <laughs> in almost every issue, something happens in the middle of the night and Colossus wakes up and turns into metal and rips through his PJs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's an endless supply is what you're saying yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. well they are unstable molecules right <laughs> alright sure. 
So, there, so then in this empty room, there's a giant chest, a giant hope chest. Yeah. It looks like it just came off of a pirate ship. And um, Moonstar opens it up. And this is actually kind of a nice turn, a page turn. So you have like on the bottom panel of page 19 where she opens up the chest to get, you know, we got to step up. We can't be the kids anymore. And then you turn the page and you have this giant panel of their graduation costumes for the New Mutants. Yeah, actually, even the new costumes, obviously, I think Adams drew them more adult afterward as well. But it does really convey a a change in tone and, and yeah. And part of growing up means your legs get really, really long. Yep. <laughs> I will say, um, I kind of really like Cannonball's costume. It's very, like, Robotech. Yeah. And it's definitely kind of trapped in that time. Like, it maybe wouldn't work nowadays. Mm-hmm. But from when it came out, like, I just thought it was really cool looking. Um, oh, yeah, it's very 80s, yeah. Yeah. Um... Karma's costume is kind of weird, but it's okay. I mean, it looks uh-huh. like a, I don't know, the yin and yang's a little on the nose, but it's like an old ninja costume. That's fine. Not sure about Mirage or Moonstar's costume. I gotta say, I liked Mirage's costume. Oh. It's kind of weird. The long sleeves and the long boots and then completely open thighs is an interesting choice. Yeah, definitely interesting. But, yeah. The chest thing looks like an army thing because it looks like she's got like all the pouches everywhere. Oh, it does kind of look like that, but that's actually like the, um... Like the tassels? The tassels, yeah. <laughs> Wolf's Bane is an afterthought on the side. Yeah. And then, um, uh, Magic just kind of looks like... I guess that's supposed to be like a kind of Dungeons and Dragon-y looking, like... Mm-hmm. So that kind of fits her name and her powers, I guess. I think that worked for her. Yeah. Um, Sunspot is okay. You know, I kind of made a joke. I actually kind of like, I do think, especially when he uses his powers, mm-hmm. that the pink mask looks really cool. I oh, like sure. the blackout silhouette of his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, Cypher looks like, uh, there's a guy in Amazing Spider-Man called Paladin or Paladin. Mm-hmm. Looked a lot like this guy. He looks that, almost like a Cyclops mixed with like a G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect uh, comparison. And then we have Magma, looks like Firestar. She looks good. Yeah, not bad. And then we have Superman Warlock. So here's my question. Because Warlock is not human, so is there like a, a person that got to like go inside of him <laughs> that's being know. like the person? I don't know, because he has tick-level chin. Yeah, it looks like the tick is wearing warlock. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. And I don't even know. Like, I know he can change shape. Uh, there was an uh-huh. issue he turned into the uh, Spectra Gadget car and the the USS Enterprise. But even when he changes shape, it's still that same yellow and black techno organic color. Right. So I have no idea where the flesh tone comes from. Or yeah, like, that was that like, was. Surprising. Like he got some fake skin and like plastered it on his face. Like that's part of his new costume, mm-hmm. or why he has a Superman cape. I don't, I don't really know what they're going for here. So, my other question is: Is this a staple that when X Men graduate, they get graduation costumes? Um, kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, not consistently all the time, but there's definitely like. 
the idea that like is when Kitty like became an X Men, she got to get out of the yellow and blues and make her own costume, and that's when she went through that terrible phase of changing mm-hmm. costumes like every two issues, and they're all horrible. Well, um, but in this case, it's like Professor X had these already prepared for them and right. had to put aside for the graduation. Yeah, which you know, I guess is a cool present. <laughs> Yeah, it was just surprising. Like I didn't think, you know, I, I I'm my my X Men history isn't that great, but I don't remember the other X Men like, oh, we've graduated, and Professor X like, here's a present, and they open it up, and it's a new costume. Like it just felt very unique to the situation. Well, yeah, and I'm trying to remember, um, like back way in the day when the original X Men had their first redesigns, if they mm-hmm. if there was a story beat about them, kind of finishing a part of their school or not. I kind of feel like there was, but I can't okay. promise that. So the, the last thing I'd like to bring up about this, this part of the story, which is just, it just tickles my brain that, that this was put it aside in this giant chest somewhere in the X mansion, <laughs> but the kids also knew where it was. Well, and it, it looks like it's in storm's room. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's in storm's room. So it's almost like, were you ever a kid and you knew Christmas was coming, so you're like searching around the house to see where your parents hid the presents? Right. So there was that aspect. Plus, the way that she opens this, it feels very Legend of Zelda like. Yes, it does. So that's my rant on these costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you know, but it does kind of fit that Storm would have it because she was the leader at the time. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would be her responsibility, like to pass them out, like to, uh, to knight them, so to speak, when they become yeah. more X-Men instead of new mutants. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. But anyway, they teleport away. Somehow magic knows exactly where to go. So they go, I like that there's like this actual like storefront to Spiral's uh, body shopping. Yeah. Because that's something <laughs> we, we've seen before. <laughs> body shopping. <laughs> The old body shopping. Um, <laughs> but also we have Spiral like standing on a ledge and she looks awesome. She does. Like it's all silhouette and then the big grin out of the shadow and her hair kind of coming out from under her helmet. And that's probably the biggest compliment I'll ever give Spiral. <laughs> and then she looks really cool in this panel. She I'm, does. I'm generally not a fan. Yeah, so she's waiting for the new mutants along with the ex-babies who now have, it looks like they've been brainwashed and given new costumes-ish. Yes, they have, which I gotta say, putting baby Magneto in a Nazi Germany uh, military uniform is in poor taste. There's lots of the discuss here as well. You've got Magneto in, in the military uniform, which, yeah, bad taste. Um, it even has, like, it's not a swastika, but it even has, like, the armband. Oh, God, I just noticed that, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I thought one of the most interesting parts about this, being on the podcast that goes nicked, and it's not exactly the same, but how reminiscent this wolf, baby Wolverine design is of Weapon X, which hasn't exactly. happened yet. So yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, nice touch for sure. Uh, Storm looks like she grew back up. That was really weird. Yeah. Um, Colossus, I didn't even know that was him at first. Looks yes, like Strife. Out. 
who that was for like three pages. Yeah, I was like, where'd Baby Cable come from? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Strife is in this? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> so it'd be interesting to kind of be a fly on the wall when some of those other things were designed. Like, was was it pulled from this? Or is it just coincidence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, did someone say, hey, you remember that crappy annual where they did this? That was kind of a cool costume. Why don't you use that for something else? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to, to know what happened there. Uh, you know, we haven't talked a whole lot about, you know, it's easy to really focus on our Adams with facial expressions and costume uh-huh. designs and stuff. I really also like in this panel the detail of this ledge. Oh, and yeah. The little checkerboard paneling, like right under the ledge and the way the column is. Just, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's a. I think he probably realized the background was looking pretty bland without some more details. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice addition. So then I got confused, and part of yes. this may not having read the first quote unquote part of the story in the New Mutants annual. But the, so this crowd, which has been like weird clockwork orange evil people, suddenly we have a crowd of like Pleasantville. Yeah. And I don't know who any of these kids are. They all have names that we're supposed to, like, be familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, what, they have a group later, right? Like, Brat, something like the Brat Pack, yeah. No, this is, I don't think this is a power pack. Because we, we've had some of their appearances already. and Well, they say the Brat Pack, right? Oh. See, I'm not really certain I myself. I thought when they said the Brat Pack, they were referring to the Baby Mutants. Because... Maybe. She said the Brat Pack are heroes, too. Like they're not supposed to be evil kind of thing. Um, or, yeah. or it may be self-reflexive that we need to help them because we're the Brat Pack and we're heroes. So I don't know which way it's going. I couldn't tell, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> did you know Spiral has pixie dust? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all the kids fly away to Never Neverland. Uh-huh. And the end. All right. Great story. Oh, yep. <laughs> The oh. X-Men were never heard of again. Right. <laughs> they never grew up. They never had to grow up. <laughs> I also thought, so baby Wolverine's claws look like he just has chopsticks between his fingers. <laughs> uh, he's ready to eat some fried rice. Um, oh, man. And then, so I don't know if you've listened to the uh, the Mutant Massacre uh, episodes we did yet. Uh-huh. But I, I talked about an issue with Thor. And so I said here on page 23 that... Uh, Thor called. He wants his talking frogs back. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? And I don't know if that's supposed to be an Asgardian reference or not. I have no idea. Yeah, it, it's weird because they've got like the, I guess I'm gonna call them the Brat Pack because whatever yeah. you got these. They look like um, little rascals almost, like sitting <laughs> at a theater. Right. And then you you cut to their feet, and behind them are these frogs that are. At first, I thought there was just background, but then I noticed that the dialogue boxes are actually pointed at them as if they're speaking about what's going on. Right. What is happening? I don't know, but also two of those sets of feet belong to the Simonsons. Okay. <laughs> then we have the lady feet says, Walter, do you hear croaking? Ah. And the guy feet say, be real, Wheezy, which Wheezy was a nickname for uh, Louise Simonson. Gotcha. So that's their feet there. That, that was a nice little Easter egg, I guess. I have to say, uh, a quick side note again, 
I noticed just only a few big lines at New York Comic Con, but the Simonson line was one of the very long ones. Oh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get a sketch or something if I was there. Yeah, that would be great. After, yeah, so we haven't mentioned yet that you uh, just went to New York Comic Con. What were uh, any highlights? Like any just like this blew my mind. I know oh, you'll yeah. probably talk about it more on the Inner Comics podcast, but yeah, I haven't had much time to really go over it. But I was there for work. So when I wasn't at our uh, booth sort of area, I was in um, Artist Alley sort of chatting with who I could chat with and giving signatures and just looking at all the different art. And some of the highlights were Robbie Rodriguez, who does the art for Spider-Gwen. Yes. He was really cool. And he had like this like hot, bright pink hair going all over the place with like... <laughs> nice. Like his sides were shaved, so he was awesome. And he was right next to Jason Latour, who was also very, uh, very sweet guy. Right. Uh, signing, uh, 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 damn it, Southern Bastard stuff. Oh, cool. So they were great. I mean, there was the artist alley was huge. Um, I got to talk to Amy Reader from uh, Rocket Girl, who is also going to be doing the Dinosaur Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl. Oh, okay, cool. So she was wonderful, and maybe my biggest highlight was. Um, Talking to the Wicked and Divine uh, threesome. Nice. Uh, so were they all together in a booth? They were all together. They were all super sweet. They had the longest line I, I'd seen uh, throughout the week. So that was uh, sort of vindication that good comics do get a lot of good readers as well. Right. That and they were cool. super friendly and chatty and signed stuff and took pictures. So uh, to be honest, everyone at Artist Alley was terrific. If you get a chance to go to a Comic-Con and go to Artist Alley, just, you know, don't be afraid because these guys are very friendly and just talk to them because they want to talk to you. Right. Did you see the Goosebumps one? Was there one at the convention? I didn't see the Goosebumps stuff. There was, like, this meeting thing. I saw a video on it, and it's like, a meeting at Comic-Con. Cool. Oh. Okay, well, apparently Goosebumps was at Comic-Con. There was a lot of kids stuff there as well. Yeah, it's cool that they make because you want to be able to take your kids, so it's cool they have something to do. Sunday was all kids. It was crazy. Nice. Anyway, I guess back to the story, huh? Yeah. So the the, the talking frogs sidebar goes away, uh-huh. um, and then the uh, the tiny X Men fight the uh, new X Men, which are the new mutants. Um, apparently, with the new costume comes super long wolf's bane arms. Yeah. But um, Colossus Strife leads the charge. So this is another panel where I was like, is that Wolverine? Because from the side, it looks very much like a Wolverine mask that's just like not been colored in. Right. It does look very much. He's got the fins on the on the helmet. Yeah. Um, Also of note, the X-Men are growing back up. So I guess part of this whole plan, which they kind of explain, is that Mojo turned them into babies. And he's like reindoctrinating them as he ages them back. Yeah. So that they will be his like disciples or whatever. The panel of Wolverine, when we first see Wolverine start to grow up a little bit in the in the storm, rainstorm. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a pretty cool panel. Yeah, Storm looks devilishly evil. Wolverine is looking totally fierce. And I just realized he's naked except for the helmet he's got on. Yeah. So I guess... Because when we first saw him on the ledge, I thought he had pants on, but now I wonder if that was just Shadow. Though he looks like he has pants for sure. Actually, he looks like he has a little towel wrapped around him, like he just got out of the shower. 
but that is gone. He's now uh, fully, you see his, his legs and all their hairy glory. Oh, yeah. And in case you didn't know that Magneto had an armband, it is now bright red. Yeah. Uh, attention to the fact that he is pretty much a Nazi. Just bad taste. <laughs> but then uh, Warlock gets blown up by Magneto, which they're still, I will say, consistently still going with kind of the Kirby Crackle magnetism. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. You know, it's funny though, because him and Sunspot visually have the same power in this comic. Yeah, you're right. But, um, Psylocke attacks Moonstar... I guess I guess she's Mirage at this point. I should call her the right name. Um, <laughs> then Longshot fights Magic, Wolfsbane. Then, so they're all fighting each other. I really like that bottom panel of uh, Sunspot and Magma. Yeah, I was going to bring cool. that up. Yeah. And that's that's another example of, of the pink uh, mask and the yellow armbands. Really looking cool in contrast to uh, Sunspot's blacked out body when he's powered up. Yeah, it looks really great. And then the white, like, I don't know, dancer suit he's wearing there. Um, yeah, it's almost like a Dazzler suit, yeah. It is, but he's so much cooler than Dazzler, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then oh, Magma realizes that this is all Mojo, who's right. up on his giant pedestal being just fat. I don't know. Yeah. So does Mojo have legs? I don't... We never see it, right? Right. I just, I'm trying to remember, remember from other appearances. Are there, like, tiny legs shoved under there that are, like, uh, amorphic, or is he What just... I remember is his, his, like, his throne room or, like, panel having, like, metal, like, spider legs almost that would let him walk around. Yes. Yes. And we see it. We get a glimpse of that here. In the very bottom of the panel, you have these tiny little bars. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's been mostly immobile to this point in this appearance. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a really gross panel where we see the uh, his platform really digging into his fat. Yeah. And he's all part of his rain, but you feel like part of that is sweat and body <laughs> stuff yeah. too. So he's really gross. <laughs> For sure. Then Spiral knocks out Longshot uh, between in a battle of who cares. <laughs> It's another instance of Mr. Super Lucky gets snuck up behind and just... Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> but Mojo doesn't like that. He calls her a naughty dancer, which was, uh, you know, should be one of our Twitter handles. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but he snaps and Spiral gets uh, brought to him and he chokes her with his nasty spindly fingers and throws her on the ground, apparently to her death. Well, this is another where I was like, okay... I guess Mojo is, like, super-powered because he can, like, bring her, like, teleport her. Maybe right. because he created them so he can, like, control them. I don't know. He's, yeah. he's, like, he's got enough strength to choke her, and then he just, like, whips her down on the ground in almost like a, like a... He's got, like, super strength just, like, throwing his body with one arm. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, so he's, like, all-powerful? I don't, I don't get what his power set is. I don't really know. His power set is to stick his nasty fingers in your mouth. Yeah, that looks gross. <laughs> and I think that is the effect. I think there's nothing to that except to gross us out. Yeah. That's the only reason it's there. And it works. It's pretty nasty. Oh, for sure. So then, I guess the Brat Pack are, are making fun of the programming, and Mojo gets all mad. And 
cannonball uh, shoots up. Interesting in this new costume that his legs don't uh, blend into his power. Oh, yeah. So you actually see his full full uniform flying around. And I will say, so for whatever reason, well, uh, I, yeah, I know why, because they're fighting. Uh, Longshot jumps on his back and rides him like a horse. Yeah. That panel of him losing control, it's like a really skinny, like a horizontal panel. It looks yeah. pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. And then Magma, as she is apt to do, makes a volcano show up out of nowhere. How um, does she? She bites the dust later on in her in this in in continuity, right? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think so, and I think. Right, I think she's one of those that, that after they do the thing where they bring back a bunch of people from the legacy virus, that she comes uh-huh. back. Okay. But then she loses her powers after M Day. All right. Uh, I've lost interest, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got bored just telling you about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I'd like to bring up, there's, um, they continue on fighting, and then it's it's Colossus versus Sunspot. Yeah. And Colossus grown up in this costume looks pretty badass. And it's pretty sweet. Still very Strife looking, but cool nonetheless. And it's interesting that his... Because his costume is all metal as well as his armor. Yeah. So it's just a really nice like continuity in the color scheme. And it, just, it looks really cool. He looks like a knight, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Sunspot makes quick work of him. Colossus tries to throw a column on him, but Sunspot throws it back and squashes him with a splam. Yeah. <laughs> splam, 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 splam. That's, that's kind of hard to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> But then Rogue sneaks up and steals a kiss. Yeah. I, I also thought it was interesting besides the kiss, you see kind of, yeah, they visually show the power where her fingers touch his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like it, almost like it lights up, like she's sucking the solar out of him. I thought that was a really nice, subtle touch. For sure. I think you can miss it nice. pretty easily, but it's yeah. great. Good catch. I also like how you see his eyes behind the mask when he's like, <gasps> <laughs> I wonder if he's like, my first kiss. Right. <laughs> and then I don't really know what happens to Rogue here. Yeah. So she still sunspots powers and turns into a zombie? Yeah, her skin goes all gray. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But that's the beginning of the end for Mojo's control. Because mm-hmm. when she steals Sunspot's memories, she sees his memory of her. And she sees that Sunspot checked out her butt. <laughs> no, no, but, but she sees that, uh, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a good guy. Or at least this guy remembers me as a good guy. Yeah. And she kind of starts snapping out of it. And then uh, we get a cool panel of um, Nightcrawler baffing around. Magic tries to teleport over to Mojo, but it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, we get a big panel of Wolverine's naked, hairy back. <laughs> so yeah, you're kind of skipping uh, a little bit of the action. Uh, I just want to uh, bring about. I'd rather talk about Magic because she's one of my favorites, and it, I was disappointed seeing her not get much to do. And it was another instance of she teleports like right behind Mojo, who shouldn't know that anything's happening. But is able to like grasp her with one arm and stop her. Right. And it's just like, oh, Mojo, you ruin everything. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, 
I'm assuming, I guess, at least at this point in time, in the Mojo verse, that he's kind of godlike, kind of omniscient. Yeah. Like he just you can't you can't fool him, you can't sneak up on him. That's not how it works. Yeah, I don't know. That, I thought that was interesting too, because he just reaches up and grabs her and. Yeah. What did you think of the panel where um, Karma is like zapping Wolverine and his? You see, like his crazy face in the mask. Oh, I love that panel. That's really cool because it's, it's like Wolverine looking back over his shoulder. He just he looks nuts and it's great. Oh yeah. And of course, Wolverine starts to resist, and um, he starts to realize what's going on. And that whole next page on page thirty is mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Wolverine kind of wakes up and he rips off what I thought was a metal mask, but apparently is is not. But he rips it off and he's like, Mojo, what have you done to me? And he he looks like he's got a gut uh, karma, but he just cuts up the wall around her. Yeah. Then he runs off naked in the rain. This is where I noticed that he was naked. It wasn't until this point I was like, oh, oh, yeah, he's not wearing anything. Nope. He's, he's Wolverine in the buff. And he's mad that Mojo took control of him and made him act like an animal. And uh, he's like, almost got away with it, too. <laughs> in a very Scooby-Doo line. Yeah. But he's going after Mojo now. So two comments here. One, how messed up would that make karma? afterwards to have to like have that memory of like Wolverine oh. slashing all around her naked yeah <laughs> and and like like seriously that would be a real psychological like hang up i think afterward right yeah it'd be hard to fight after that to go into battle and and know that some naked hairy guy is going to cut you up <laughs> <laughs> and number two uh, more jokingly he's so hairy do you think his 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 bush is so big that it sort of just covers everything. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> probably so. And, uh, you know, we know he has trouble with a uh, premature snickting, so. <laughs> <laughs> God. Now, I want to say, because this is, I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure this naked Wolverine is the most finely haired art we've had of him to this date. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a that's a lot of line work that Adams did on his body, for sure. With the hair, and it's not just kind of a a thick carpet. It's like it's hundreds of tiny little lines. And no, oh, yeah, he really took some time to do that. Yeah, and then Terry. Well, okay. So do you think he did that? Or do you think Terry Austin just did that when he inked? It could have been. I, I wonder which one was which. Either way, that was not an easy panel for anybody. Oh. <laughs> If if it was Adams doing the line work, then Austin probably looking at it like, oh Jesus, I gotta ink all of these little lines. <laughs> Every little hair, and yeah. Adams Adams like leaning over his shoulder, like, there's one there too. Don't forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then Terry Austin stabs him with an ink pen. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, but no, I think that page and the Wolverine's face when he rips off the mask looks amazing. Uh, it's just it's a great page definitely the, the best part of the issue in my opinion it's it's a good page for sure i was i was i was taken aback by the detail of, of all the wolverine panels to be honest yeah yeah they really they really worked hard on those so then uh naked wolverine and sunspot give colossus the old one two <laughs> <laughs> knock him out uh Psylocke tries to fight cypher 
Then we get a nice snicked uh, where Wolverine's jumping after Psylocke. Now, this was interesting because I don't remember this. So apparently the trouble with this fight is that Cypher has a giant crush on Psylocke. Which, you know, oh, yeah. why wouldn't he? But Yeah. So he doesn't really want to fight her, but then Wolverine in Naked Shadow jumps behind her with claws out. He's going to kill her. Then at the last second, he snacks. Yep. And tackles Psylocke, but then he snicks again. And, um, but Psylocke, I guess, snapped out of it by being tackled or being almost... Well, it feels like she's starting to realize as Wolverine's like midair, like something's wrong. Right. Yeah. And the interesting part is, oh, because she realizes that Cipher doesn't want to hurt her, and that he Mm -hmm. he loves her, and so she's like, "Well, that's not right. Why would he love an evil, murderous villain?" I I love the idea that she knows that she's evil. You know. Right. Yeah. But the the real interesting thing is is the dialogue between. Cypher and her here, where, where Cypher's like, um, had me really worried there a minute, lady. We really got to stop meeting like this. People will talk. And then Psylocke says, let them. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm up for the younger guys. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Psylocke is in uh, the Cougar Life commercial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 Rawr. <laughs> yeah, so then a mojo still choke holding magic. Kitty in her um, Sinbad costume. Is, yeah, uh, what is that? I don't know. But she's ghost walking up. and uh, So she phases through Mojo, which has got to be the grossest thing she's ever done. Uh-huh. Um, but all his electrics start shorting out, and then all the X-Men, like the control is completely gone. Like He can no longer control them because she's shorted out his power. So all the X-Men wake up, storm the X-Men. They have to make a decision. Like, basically, basically where we get is that the X-Men can go home, but it'll be exactly as they were before. So Storm, who's been enjoying her powers as evil baby Storm, will, mm-hmm. will revert to not having them anymore. But of yeah. course, they're the good guys, so they decide to go through with it. I mean, we've kind of skipped back some of the final action. Um, we have some nice panels with um, Storm firing off some, some lightning bolts at Mojo. Rogue absorbing Mojo power, which is like distorting her body. Yeah, that was weird. I'm assuming that's the process of her getting fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really gross. Right. And then Colossus socks him one. Yeah, a nice kapow. I gotta say, the more I see this this Colossus uniform, the more I'm liking this. He's even got like those great like spiky gauntlets. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And then Nightcrawler steals a sword from a spiral and tries to stab Mojo in the fat. But uh, <laughs> and a really cool. Uh, speaking of Simonson, this this panel of Mojo teleporting away looks yeah. kind of like Walter Simonson art. For sure. Um. But it's cool. We we have Nightcrawler there with a sword in the ground, and Mojo's gone. So I have a quick um, Nightcrawler question. Okay. Does he start using swords before he joins Excalibur? Do you know, or is it something that happens afterward? There was a story, um, in in an anthology, a short story, 
where he uh, was the first time that his tail ever like fought for him, uh-huh. and he was sword fighting with his tail. So I think it becomes more common in Excalibur, but no, he's definitely used them before. Okay. And kind of the whole like fencing thing, his his um his obsession with kind of Errol Flynn and stuff like that has definitely been established. So okay, it definitely makes sense that he would have the the um, allure of using a sword. Mm-hmm. But Mojo gets away. Um, everyone gathers together over the broken body of Spiral. Wolverine does find a towel now. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, he's in a red towel. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know, that's nice of him. Do you think he purposely <laughs> removes his clothes during a fight to, like, scare his enemies even more? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's my seventh claw. <laughs> <He'll> go. <laughs> Talking about a bone claw. Hey. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> so, uh, Psylocke wakes up Spiral. I like how Colossus grabs her in all her arms. Oh, yeah. Like, flailing around. And Wolverine comes up, uh, reverting to his childlike grin, because he can't he's just gleeful with the uh, prospect of stabbing Spiral with his claws. <laughs> um, he's ready to pop him. Magic has her sword out, so everyone's getting on Spiral. That's where she tells them what the deal is. That she can send them home, she can do her little dance, make a little love, get down tonight, but but everybody will be as they were. But that panel of her dancing in front of, like, I guess the moon? Yeah. uh, Is a pretty cool panel. I agree. uh, You can do some visually interesting things if you got six arms. Yes, yeah, it's pretty cool. So everybody goes home. We next day it. Uh, the, the new mutants are packing their uh, grown-up costumes away. And they've reverted back to being like 14-year-old skinny teenagers. Right, yeah. Um, Sunspot is pouting because, hey, we got a taste of being X-Men, but now we're back to being the newbies. And they kind of console each other that, hey, you know what? It's fine. Yeah, one day we'll be X-Men 2 kind of thing. Right. So maybe my favorite part of the book is coming up um, because Longshot is baffled by water. (laughs) What is this moving floor? Yeah. Uh, Is this that Jamiroquai video? (laughs) (laughs) It's... I love Necron. It's like, it's water. Care to take a closer look? And then we have the sound effects. It says boot. And then the next panel has, yes, flash. (laughs) I don't know why they didn't want to show his wet mullet. Oh, yeah. Sticking out of the pool. Yeah, yeah. So he throws a long shot in the pool. Then a Psylocke wearing Wolverine's hat. So are they dating now? What's going on? Yeah. Um, She's wearing his hat, and they approach Storm. Um, and basically talk about, hey, no, sorry you lost your powers, but we all did the right thing. I yeah. guess she reshaves her mohawk? So yeah, they mentioned that, yeah. I thought they would come back exactly how they were, so wouldn't she just come back with the mohawk? I'm not certain. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I, I didn't realize this, uh, when she gets her powers back. I thought, oh... Is this how she gets her powers back? I thought that too and was really worried because I was like, please don't let this be how she gets her powers back. 
But we were spared that monstrosity. Um, sparing his life from this monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Wolverine lights up. Uh, they talk about how X-Men aren't just about being a mutant. What about being a hero? And we kind of get a zoom out. Um, and they're still on a Cyglox movie screen. And we get a nice, like, uh, end credit to uh, Mojo's movie. Where it looks like kind of a, a fake Alfred Hitchcock profile. Yeah. But it's Mojo. And I like how it says MGM Productions. Yeah. Uh, Mojo's giant movies of death. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was pretty cool. And then everybody claps. They want an encore. Mojo has pleased his people, but he espouses some more really, really stupid dialogue. I thought uh, it was interesting that maybe this was his plan, was not to win, but just to create an interesting story for people to love. So yeah. he had already knew he was going to lose, and it all went according to his plan. It was a sort of a, a nice twist. Right, right. And... As all good movies, he left room for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Not good for the readers, but good for Mojo. <laughs> uh-huh. We also get on this final page uh, a little taste of Mojo nipple. Yeah, we haven't really had any yet, but it's very, um, he's very pleased with himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for some reason, uh-huh. so he makes this porky pig line. But this pig doesn't look like a pig. It looks like a wolf with a pig snout. It's yeah, white and furry. I don't understand what's going on. But it he goes, looks so gross. Yeah. And then Mojo's like, bidi, bidi, bidi. That, that, that's all, folks. Which, but I'll be back. Yeah, and I just groaned at that. Yeah. It was very groan worthy. <laughs> I don't understand it. But... That's that's what we got. That was our our uh, our quote unquote story. Um, that happened, yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of the art, Georgie? So the art is easily the highlight of the book, right? Yes. If you're gonna like draw this or cut this issue in half and just talk about art versus writing, obviously the art is the highlight of the book. Adams is great. There's a lot of um, wonderful uh, sort of color slash lighting effects. Yes. Uh, going on some great details, especially that. Full page of Wolverine, all haired up. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Adams is great with the facial expressions. And uh, like if you could cut out a lot of this Mojo dialogue, he would be a visually interesting character to look yes, at. Yes, I agree with that. So I would give, if you're going by, let's say we divide uh, the six clause, three for art and three for story. <laughs> the, the, the art gets three for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, um, do you have any any standout panels? Uh, not not any that we didn't already talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we covered the ones that I really loved pretty well. So, uh, story. <sighs> <laughs> this story is garbage. Um, yeah. Um, so it it already had a lot of things going against it for me. I don't like the X babies, especially mm-hmm. after. You know, uh, during our Secret Wars reviews in modern times, mm-hmm. you know, we, I had Ethan come on and talk about the giant size Little Marvel by Scotty Young. Yeah, those were great reviews. It's great, and, you know, everybody's a kid, but they don't all talk like five-year-olds. Like, when they try to tell, like, a real story, and they have real conversations, and this, 
like baby talk that we get in this issue drove me crazy. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I don't like Mojo, so that's oh. another strike. I hate Longshot, so that's another strike. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing this book was missing was Dazzler. <laughs> and it could have had all my least favorite X-Men tropes. Um, <laughs> well, you have the costume, at least, on uh, Sunspot. That's true, that's true. Sunspot wears her costume. Yeah, it looks better in it, too. Um, yeah. I There was no reason for this story to exist, which I guess is why it was an annual. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just surprised, too, because I've always kind of avoided the ex-baby stories. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that it wasn't really like a big deal to the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was necessary, I guess, for Mojo's uh, quote-unquote um, plot, like for his, his his plan, his grand design to, to start them over and grow them back up as Mojo people. But I, don't know, I guess just from the cover and what from what I had expected, I thought that this was going to be like a whole issue of like the ex-babies running around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And... I'm kind of glad that's not what we got, but it was definitely a surprise. I agree. I I wholeheartedly agree. We are uh, one mind on this issue. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do it. When are you going to grade um, Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 10? So this is tricky because the art was so good and the story is so blah. Right. And how to divvy this up. I feel like I, if I give this four out of six claws, I'm, it's too high as an overall comic. Yes. But I also feel like the art really deserves like every accolade it can get. <laughs> right? I, I agree with you. Um, I don't think I can even go three because it just doesn't hold up as like an average comic. I think I have to go two, and it's solely on the art. It's two out of six. All right, we're going to be in exactly the same place. I also gave it two out of six claws, and all two of those are for the art. The story's just crap. (laughs) And, you know, I would love... Because I know there's... I mean, obviously, a lot of these concepts repeat, and I don't think that's wholly on the side of Claremont trying to push it. I think there was, and even still is to some degree, positive response to some of these concepts. So if you're out there mm-hmm. listening and you're a fan of the X Babies and the Mojo Verse and Longshot, I w- and this is not an antagonistic question. I would really like to hear a sincere, like thought process on w- what what it is you enjoy about them, and kind of see what I'm missing because they just did not connect with me at all. But I know it connects with some fans, so I would really, mm-hmm. I, I mean that sincerely. If you would like to offer up kind of, well, this is why I like this and and you're serious, I would like to hear that. I would like to hear if anyone had any any suggestions for like a very good Mojo story. I would like, too. Read this this issue, and this will like show you why Mojo can be fun to read. Right. Because even the story we get um, in the 90s when the X-Men, when we get the Adjectiveless book launch, and we yeah. have a Mojo story pretty early on there, and it's when Jim Lee are, and I still didn't really care about it. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be interesting to see when we get there again you know years from now um how i feel about it but my memory of it is not good so yeah i would like to hear what kind of the penultimate mojo story is yeah 
Because I, I don't know. I I agree with you. There are things about him that could work as a concept. And, and he's definitely gross and creepy, and, and that works well for him. And maybe it's just the choice of making him too silly is what doesn't work for me. I don't know. But, but yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Um, annual number 10, we both gave two out of six claws. Any, uh, yep. any other final thoughts you want to give to it before we move on and close out? Uh, to the book, nope. I think we've talked enough about this. So we've given this <laughs> more time than it probably deserves. Probably so. <laughs> All right. Well, while I got you here, Georgie, why don't you, uh, watch you plug whatever's going on with you? Uh, sure. I've been sort of on a hiatus from inter- uh, the Inner Comics podcast just due to uh, my new new company, which is a startup, and it's got me working like fourteen hour days. Uh, plus, the time difference from England to LA is such that it makes it difficult for me to get on a podcast. But right. hopefully, we'll, we'll iron that out. I'll be back on the Inner Comics podcast soon enough. Um, I'm sort of uh, working on a few articles about New York Comic Con and awesome. sort of different. Um, the perception and sort of community of comics slash fans in various regions, okay. I, I think is very interesting. Yeah. So I might write something about that, but uh, otherwise you can catch me um, at LA boy toy, which uh, on Twitter, uh, which is my new Twitter handle. Yes. It's not as good as my old one. It's so very, very any, close though. <laughs> if anyone has any suggestions, I'm more than, than welcome to hear it. I think I think it's good. I think you just suffer from when you had the best Twitter name ever. I mean, you can't really <laughs> top it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I miss it. <laughs> but I think LA Boy Toy works well. So, yeah, and I want you to give the uh, Intercomics Twitter as well while we got you here. Uh, I think it's just at Intercomics Pod. I think so, yeah. Uh, Twitter account. And we got great staff over there. We got Dan and who uh, Dan and Jack and um, Matt, who have been doing some Secret Wars stuff for you as well. Right. And we're all some pretty fun, laid-back guys who've got some good opinions on comics. So if you're looking for some truth, we don't really sugarcoat anything. So if something's bad, we let you know. <laughs> and it's it's just very uh, truthful uh, reviews. So come come take a look. Yeah, I would I would give it full endorsement. It's one of my favorite shows to listen to and been fun getting to be friends with all you guys so it's oh it's been, been great interacting with you in every way that we we have it's been so much fun yeah so cool well uh all the same usual junk for me um twitter is at snickcast you can like the facebook page uh you can email snickcast at yahoo.com if you so choose um and show notes and stuff are at a uh, snickcast.podbean.com and um I guess that's about it. So, Georgie, thank you very much for coming on. We will uh, do it again soon. And, of course, you still have one more issue of House of M to talk about. Exactly. So, so and also, be... I have an idea for you. Okay. You've got a baby coming on the way. This is a great way to get your listeners involved with, like, a Name the Baby contest. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So I can't promise we'll use anything. But if you want to send... Uh, of course, we're not going to find out the gender. It's going to be a surprise. So you can send in boy or girl names. And uh, if nothing else, I will at least read them on the show. That would be great. 
So you can make them as serious or silly as you want. <laughs> um, I will say, in all seriousness, and not just because of the comics, Logan was a contender. It, yeah, I don't think it's going to win, but it was mm-hmm. in serious conversation. So, just because I was, it's just a cool name. But, uh, right, I agree. That can work for, for boys for sure. Yeah. Or girls. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Georgie, thanks so much for coming back on. And, um, it was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, I promise at one point I will get you on something really cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, I have to say, even though this wasn't the best thing, it was like some of the bad stuff is so much more fun to talk yes, about. It is. And it's entertaining. So, and we did that teen Titans crossover, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I just I feel like I'm forever in your debt to make up for no, uh, X Men '92. <laughs> Who could have known? No one could have predicted. The, Especially the since I didn't even bother to read it. <laughs> <laughs> like here, Georgie, you read this garbage. I'm gonna go uh, uh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> I need to drink after reading it, Jesus. Right. All right, guys. Well. We're going to call it there. So until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye.